Hey y'all, it's Takeen, and welcome to episode 40. Unfortunately, I'm not with you this week because I'm under the weather. So Danielle's joined by her mother, Hey Mama Green, to reflect on the life and legacy of two giants who recently passed, Mr. C.T. Vivian and Congressman John Lewis. All right, y'all, let's eat. Today, we do not have Tykeen to start us off like he normally does. Well, I'm sure you heard him in the intro, but we, you don't get the normal, we live, which <laughs> I'm so glad that he does and I don't have to do. But welcome to Ain't No Free Lunch. And today, as you can probably, you've probably noticed, Tykeen is not with us. He's out here, you know, feeling maybe a little bit under the weather, but we're not trying to play around just in case. He hasn't, he says he ain't been nowhere, but we're not playing with COVID out here in these streets. Coronavirus is real. Wash your hands, okay? Wear your face mask six feet apart. So I bet you you're probably wondering, are we getting a solo Danny episode today? And the answer is you actually are not. We have a special guest. She just rolled her eyes at me. <laughs> it's my mom. <laughs> I know you're so excited. You're excited as I am to have my mom in on Ain't No Free Lunch. She is a loyal listener, a fabulous person. I mean, she brought me into the world. So what can we say? Mom, mommy, mama. Yes, Danielle. Would you like to introduce yourself? Of course. But first, Tykeen, you owe me. <laughs> My name is Daisy Green. I'm married to Randolph Green Jr. And I have three lovely children. I'm one of them. I'm a former principal at J.L. Francis Elementary School. Shout out to the Eagles. <laughs> She has been saying ever since that she was going to be on this podcast that she had to shout out her J.L. Francis equals. And may I also say I am so proud because I see some students from the South Side speaking at these uprisings and protestants and they're just being positive. And I, and I just love their leadership. Oh, we all love the students' leadership. Go ahead and go back to episode, I forget the name of the episode, but it's Gen Z activism. Mom, so you nervous to be on the pod? Absolutely. <laughs> I thought you were going to pretend to not be nervous, but that's fantastic. So actually, yes, we do have my mother, Daisy Green, the originator of us all going from calling things podcasts to pods. Danielle, your pod come out yet? I want to listen to your pod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have her on Ain't No Free Lunch, so we're really excited. So let's just go ahead and jump into what we were talking about. A lot had really has really happened these past couple of weeks, these past couple of months, the new news cycle, as I'm sure you all know, is just, it's cyclical. There's something new that's popping up every minute of every day. There's so many things that we could be talking about. But we really, after discussing with Tykeen and and talking with my mom, we really wanted to pause on two very major events that have happened and give space for reflection and really just to remember. I, 
I know that those of you who listen know that we, at, at certain moments, have episodes specifically honoring people who were just instrumental to all of our lives. The You know, what we know to be the United States of America would not be what it is without these people. And so we lost on July 17th, yes, on the exact same day, we lost on July 17th two civil rights icons and giants, right? The first, I remember waking up and, and reading it on my phone. His name was Cordy Tyndale Vivian. He's more commonly known as C.T. Vivian. And then the next morning, I woke up to a notification that the Honorable John Robert Lewis, who died in the evening of July 17th, also passed. And we all know him as John Lewis. And I know from the news that they both lived really long lives. And we should definitely be grateful for the contributions that day have made to black history and history in general. Right. So they did leave, lead really long lives. So how old was, how old were they when they passed? I learned that Mr. Vivian was 95 and Mr. Lewis was 80 years old, who was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer in December 2019. Right. And I remember when that hit the airwaves that John Lewis had stage four pancreatic cancer and it's been, it's, I think it's a little bit over, I guess, six or seven months, eight months since he made that announcement. And one of the things that I'm so grateful to, and we're going to talk about a little bit later, is that they got their roses while they were living. They went through and they saw and they changed so much. And I think that one of the things that we really need to practice more, and Tykeen says this often on this show, is that people need to get their roses while they were living. And so I'm so, so saddened that they're gone, but also... I am comforted by the fact that we celebrated them while they were here. Many of you might be more familiar with the legacy of John Lewis than C.T. Vivian. Why, why would that be, Mom? Because I know he was part of the leadership in the Democratic Party, and he was first elected to Congress in 1986. Right. And <laughs> seeing him on TV, but I didn't know that he served for 17 terms in the U.S. House of Representatives. Right. 17 terms. That's a really long time. That's 17 times two. Mm-hmm. Right. He also was the longest serving member of the Congressional Black Caucus. So John Lewis was this mountain of a man. Right. Now, actually, maybe not in stature. He was he was a little yeah. bit on the shorter side, <laughs> but he really was a leader of the Democratic Party and really the moral compass of the party for decades. And. That's why more people know of him, because he worked within like a very public sphere once he got elected to Congress. And he did a lot of amazing things while he was in Congress. However, he also didn't wait till he got to Congress to start doing that good work. Well, you know, Danielle, I'm not ashamed to say that I know some information about John Lewis, but when it comes to C.T. Vivian... I don't know a lot about him. Yeah, and so I think that that's commonplace, right? And so everybody knows that I'm a history nerd, and so I'm always reading things and all over the place. And But I think it was there was a, a large number of people that when I sent out text messages the morning that C.T. Vivian passed, a lot of people were like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Who was that? 
Right. And so I think that it's going to be really important for us to kind of break down their legacy just a little bit, because we also shouldn't assume that listeners really know who John Lewis was. Right. Right. And so I know that one of the things that is really, really important. And actually, we talked about it today because on the back of my shirt, I had a picture of a bird that was kind of looked like it was reaching back and like eating something or getting a, a ball. And And the term for that symbol is Sankofa, and it usually is a it's really often put in conversation with the quote that it's not wrong to go back for that which you have forgotten, right? So that we're all a part of this collectivity and this collective memory and that we should always be in the process of remembering or relearning or just learning information that we didn't know. And so, you know, as an educator, I appreciate your vulnerability and your willingness to say that you do not know. <laughs> you're never too old to know. Yeah, you're, you're never too old to learn to learn. You're never too old to learn. And so, but you do know a little bit about John Lewis, right? Yeah, he was, he was born in Troy, Alabama. He was a third, I know, of 10 children. Right. And how how many what, what number of you? How many how many of of the Daniels clan were there? Right, Danielle. It was 8 of us and I'm number 5. <laughs> That's why you remember those big big numbers of kids. It reminds you of home. Absolutely. Absolutely. So he was born in Troy, Alabama in the South, but really one of his claims to fame, right, was that in 1961, so now he was born in 1940, in 1961, so that would put him right about 21 years of age. He became one of the 13 original Freedom Riders, right? So for our listeners at home who might not be as familiar with Freedom Rides or might need to brush up a little bit on their history, Mom, what are Freedom Rides? Okay, I'll share with you what Freedom Riders are. Freedom Riders were civil rights activists who rode interstate buses into the southern states around 1961, and they were really challenging the United States Supreme Court about some decisions that were centered around um, segregated public buses. So they, these were, I think the original were seven whites and six black people who uh, rode from Washington, D.C. into New Orleans in an integrated fashion. And so they were trying to push back against the non-enforcement of the integrated busing system. Okay. Um, and so... You're 100% right. That's exactly what Freedom Rides are. And there's a fantastic film about Freedom Riders. Um, There's so many things that are out. Everything that we're going to say up here, you can probably figure out from a PBS documentary, but we're going (laughs) to we're going to put it in in smaller size. So he was one of the original Freedom Riders. But at, free, at and it kind of started, he got it involved in this because he went to Fisk University, which was an HBCU in Nashville, Tennessee. And he really, at that point in time, just dedicated his life to the civil rights movement. He organized, along with other students, sit-ins at segregated lunch counters in Nashville. He was all in parts of all sorts of other, like, civil rights activists. He was a part of the Nashville student movement. This is actually where C.T. Vivian and John Lewis met for the very first time. Because even though C.T. Vivian was born in Missouri, he studied, I think, ministry in Nashville, Tennessee, and he helped found the Nashville Christian Leadership Conference. And so C.T. Vivian, if you notice, they had about 15 years age difference, Uh but he was still like 
involved in the movement alongside many of the students. And so not only was he organizing with the Nashville Christian Leadership Conference, but he also helped to organize those first sit-ins in Nashville in 1960. He also was organizing Nashville's very first civil rights march in 1961. And in 1961, so he wasn't a part of the student, the group of Freedom Rides that were the original bus ride, but in the very same year, he also participated in the Freedom Rides. And I think he was about 36 at the time. I mean, I'm just adding on 15 15 years to however old John Lewis was, which was 21. But he was one of the oldest um, Nashville Freedom Riders. Yeah, and if you think about it today, the students who are in the uprisings and protesting, their age is kind of like parallel. Mm -hmm. They're they're young. Yeah. They have a lot of energy, and they're not going to take no for an answer. Oh, I love that. You just called me young. Um, Age is 18 through 36. I am 30. You're young. (laughs) And yeah, exactly. So their ages paralleled the ages of the people that were doing all the protesting and all of the participating in the uprising and really, really trying to make change right now. And so in 1961, you wouldn't have been in college. You would have been young, right? Right. Right. That like, like, like under 10. Yeah, I was probably about six. Yeah. Because I can remember the civil rights movement back then. Mm -hmm. Like it was yesterday, we were, my siblings and I were in the backyard and I I saw my daddy running toward my mother yelling, take the children in the house, take the children in the house and don't come back. Mm. And we were like, what, what, what? And my daddy didn't come back until the next day. And in the process of that, we didn't live too far from a little mini mall. Mm And that little mini mall was set on fire. Oh, wow. And we can hear chants or shouts going, burn, baby, burn, burn, baby, burn. But I didn't know why Mm. until, you know, when, when Dad showed up. I'm like, Dad, what happened? And I can remember him saying, black folks are just tired. Mm. We're not going to let this happen again. And I still didn't understand it back then. And it wasn't until I started studying history that I knew what actually happened that day. Wow. You know, um, I'm kind of in my feelings because I had never heard that story before until we get on the radio. And now you want to act brand new and tell us all of these memories that you had during the civil rights movement. But that's actually it makes me think about what, you know, children who are six years old right now are going to be remembering decades from now in terms of what's happening down at the, you know, Marcus David uh, Peter circle, right? And with the uprisings that are happening right now across the city of Richmond and across the United States, across the nation in Portland, in Seattle, you know, it, it, we don't think about the ways that these types of moments really resonate in the lives and shape the lives of young, young, really young children. And I can remember, I just want it all to go away. I wanted the chance to stop. I wanted the fires to stop. I just, I didn't want to remember it. It wasn't a pleasant event for me. Mm. Especially if you don't know what's happening, right? Like you might have, as you've grown older, said, you know, I support these protests. I support these uprisings. I mean, in some ways, I think our listeners already know they hear me talk all the time, uh, (laughs) what I probably get at home. But at the time, it's just, it's got to be, 
so scary and so overwhelming. Yeah. And so just the, like thinking about all of that is kind of why we decided to really take this moment and stop and think about C.T. Vivian and think about John Lewis and make sure that listeners everywhere know who they are, the sacrifices that they made as these these pillars of the civil rights movements. I think uh, Fran from uh, RVA Dirt called them the Infinity Stones. <laughs> and I, I just think that that's so profound. And just thinking about that, like that's what you experienced as a six-year-old when we were kind of, you know, thinking about this 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 pod for, for the week, this show, I know that we kind of came across an interview with John Lewis where he kind of recounted the amount of violence um, that he endured during those original freedom rides. And, you know, again, Viv- C.T. Vivian was also there. And so what what happened that we did we find out in Birmingham? Because this was actually new to me, the level of, I guess, torment and violence that per- John Lewis in particular experienced. I knew that freedom riders were met with violence. I did not know that that was a specific experience that John Lewis had. According to Mr. Lewis, in Birmingham, they were beaten with bats, chains, lead pipes, and stones. They were arrested by police Mm -hmm. who led them across the border into Tennessee and let them go. And, like, one of the things that was really poignant in that interview for me is that Lewis said, quote, It was very violent. I thought I was going to die. I was left lying at the Greyhound bus station in Montgomery unconscious, which is just, end quote, which is just, I have never had an experience like that, and I hope to never have to have an experience like that. But when you think about the ways that he literally shaped our country, not just through legislation, but put his life on the line at such a young age where people are telling you, you have so much ahead of you. You have so much life to live. And he really just said, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm going for it. So, but you know, when I remember, I remember watching Freedom Riders. I couldn't watch it the first time all the way through mm-hmm. because I got so emotional. Yeah. It just touched something deep inside of me because at that moment I was learning Truths, mm-hmm. you know, um, strange events, unrecognizable, but different from what I was taught in school. Right. You know, they just brushed across it. They didn't go deep into it. Mm-hmm. And right today, I still get emotional when I talk about it. Yeah. Because, you know, they went through so much. They went through so much. And what's the craziest about it is exactly what you said. It is a brush. It is brushed over in school like it didn't matter or that you could just sum it up in two paragraphs or two sentences or a month. And I know that was something that you were very intentional about with your school when you were a principal and making sure that these things were talked about, not just during February, but, you know, 365 days a year out of school, in school, after school programs, every everywhere. And so that's something that I really learned from you and that I just really value. And I'm so I'm sure that the J.L. Francis Eagles across this city appreciate. <laughs> Absolutely. Too. They needed to know the vital and worthy information about our black people and how they make contributions to history. Oh, absolutely. So, so John Lewis also just didn't stop at you know, 21. I mean, I don't know about you, Mom, but if somebody come after me with a baseball bat, I'm done. I'm tapping out. 
It's time for me to go, okay? And I still can't imagine it today. Oh, no, I, I absolutely can't. But he he wasn't. So then he became the chairman of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee in 1963. At this moment, he became named one of the Big Six leaders, right? And so if you don't know who the Big Six are, they were the leaders that organized the March on Washington. That March on Washington, yes, the ones with thousands, possibly hundreds thousands of people and you know the I have a dream speech that that march and at 23 years of age Lewis was the youngest speaker on the docket that day so the big sis they were the leaders who organized that march and so Lewis got to speak and honestly I would argue that it should be the big seven probably more than that but I think it should be the big seven uh, because Dorothy Height should be considered a part of that big group that organized the Big Six. I don't know if you noticed or you know, but the Big Six, they're, all of the names are men. Right. And so, Mom, why, why am I fighting so hard for Dorothy Height to be a part of the Big Seven? I, you know, I know you hear me talk about this. And even, um, I know she's a native of Richmond, Virginia. Uh, Richmond, Virginia native, Chris. She was a president of the National Council of Negro Women, for 40 years. Right? To be the president of anything. I was president of the BGSA for a year, and it took me out. <laughs> so I can't imagine being the president of the National Council of Negro Women for 40 years. But, you know, honestly, I think the reason why she's not included is because she was, it's just pure sexism. And I remember the way that I learned about Dorothy Height actually through some friends of mine who were Deltas. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dorothy Height was a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. And as we, you know, if we're going to go ahead and shout out the fraternities and sororities, John Lewis was a member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, and C.T. Viv- Vivian was a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. So black Greeks, well, Greeks. Are, uh, are, are showing up. Mom, do you want to shout out ours? Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. <laughs> And so we just want to support all of them. And I and I think I just think it's great that um, all of these large leaders were also also members of, of Greek organizations. But, yeah, so sexism is basically the reason why Dorothy Height wasn't really didn't really get her due. But. Actually, so all of this happened to Lewis in his life prior to him really actually becoming famous. So you would think speaking at the the March on Washington in 1963 would make you famous. But Lewis became nationally known about two years later. So what what made him nationally known? Why why would you know his name? Well, that's where it all started with me. I associated his name with the Bloody Sunday. And Lewis, along with fellow activist Jose Williams, led over 600 marchers across the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Salmon, Alabama. Yeah, in Selma. And so Bloody Sunday was the, the day, but he had played a lot of prominent roles in the Selma to Montgomery marches in 1965. So why, why is it called Bloody Sunday for our listeners who, who may not know? Because I can remember that at the end of the bridge— there were Alabama state troopers, and they ordered them to disperse. And they ordered the marchers to disperse, right? Right. Mm-hmm. right. And they did not. What they did was the marchers began to pray. They just stopped, and they started to pray. And when they were praying, the police discharged tear gas, and mounted troops charged the demonstrators. So, which is 
which is very parallel to what's been we've been seeing happen yeah. across mm-hmm. the United States, right? Mm-hmm. Peaceful protesters. Peace I want to I want to emphasize peaceful protesters are being responded to with violence, state-sanctioned violence across the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not new. This is <laughs> this is a tried and true tactic that people use in order to drown out Resistance, And so now we're seeing, you know, federal troops discharged across the United States in order to kind of like put down these protests, these uprisings. And so, you know, you just like you said on Bloody Sunday, I think anybody you can go on YouTube right now and you can see the film like this was all filmed in 1965. It's black and white, but you know what's happening. There's that movie by Ava DuVernay. Uh, called Selma. Fantastic, fantastic movie. You should check it out. But within that, they they really highlight Bloody Sunday. And John Lewis was, you know, he had his little trench coat on and his backpack, which I thought was so adorable because he cosplays. So cosplay, for people who don't know, is when you, like, dress up and go to conventions of your favorite character. So he cosplayed himself mm-hmm. and wore a t- trench coat with a backpack. Right. It was so cute. And but he has scars on his head. Oh, he does, yes. On the incident for the, and he just, I mean, whenever you look at him, well, well, whenever I looked at him and I saw the scar on his head, it just reminded me of Bloody Sunday. Right. I mean, his his skull was fractured. And those were, those were injuries that he bore for really the rest of his life. Yes. So John Lewis is really a person who's lived his life from start to end fighting on behalf of black people and all people in the United States of America. And also, so did C.T. Vivian. So, Mom, you said you weren't as familiar with C.T. Vivian, so I'm going to kind of take the reins on this one. Teach me. Uh, oh, I'll teach you, Mama. The, oh, look at me teaching my first teacher. So precious. So, C.T. Vivian is just as impressive, in my opinion, as John Lewis, and I think these two men, actually, I know these two men were great friends mm-hmm. and had a lot of mutual respect for each other, but C.T. Vivian was kind of more, was a little bit lesser known, particularly among, I guess, today's generation because you weren't seeing him on television. He wasn't making speeches on the House floor, things like that. But he he was incredibly involved. And so C.C. Vivian is also really known for working alongside the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. and being a close confident, confidant and friend. And he also was the national director of, for, of affiliates for the Southern Christian Leadership Council. So he was really, really a big name, um, especially during the height of the civil rights movement, and was often associated with Martin Luther King Jr. But what's really, I'm going to kind of fast forward because C.T. Vivian was at all of the places that John Lewis was, you know, he marched in Selma. He registered voters in Alabama, just like Lewis did. Um, He uh, was on the Freedom Rides, as I said before. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. called him the greatest preacher to ever have lived, Mm -hmm. right? right? The compliment 
of all compliments. But uh, C.T. Vivian also, while he wasn't in the public eye, he never really stopped working on behalf of black people and all Americans. And so most people don't know, but he is actually responsible for really saving Morris Brown College. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of Morris Brown College, Mom? Absolutely. Historical black college. It's a historically black college or university. You want to shout out your HBCU, Ma? Shout out to all our historical black colleges or universities. Go HBCU. Do you want to shout out your HBCU? Virginia State University. Go Trojans. <laughs> Um, yes, so both my mom and dad went to Virginia State University, so indeed, go Trojans. Mr. Vivian, actually, when there was an incident where the city of Atlanta turned off the water at Morris Brown College, he, in like less than three months, mobilized the community and donated over a half a million dollars directly to Morris Brown College, pretty much as like this as as funding that saved the college during the time period. And so he really, really believes. And I think that was in what, 2008. So he's been doing these. He's been working as well, just a little bit more under the radar. Another thing that he is responsible for that a lot of people don't know. So a lot of people know the end organization like they're going to know the name when I say it. But most people actually don't know that it came out. You know, it was C.T. Vivian's brainchild. So Mr. Vivian um, created and directed an educational program, which he called v Vision. And Vision, this organization, actually put over 700 Alabama students in college with scholarships, right? And Vision which a lot of people may not be familiar with, but are going to be familiar with this title, Vision eventually became Upward Bound. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I just made a life connection. Did you? Yeah, I was a member of Upward Bound. I didn't know that you were in Upward Bound, actually. I attended an Upward Bound program at Virginia State University. Why am I learning all of these, like, new things about you on the podcast? You just want to show off for the people. We're going to go home and start talking a little bit more about your history now. Wow. So what, what is Upward Bound? It's a program that serves high school students from low-income families. Um, it's, a, it's when high school students from families in which neither parent attended a four-year degree. And I met all those criteria. I was from a low-income family, and neither one of my parents had advanced degrees. And it was, I mean, if it wasn't for the Upward Bound program, I probably would not have made it through college. Really? So how did you get connected to the Upward Bound pro uh, program? It was a parent that was a... So not your parent, a different no. parent. Um, it was a neighbor that worked in a doctor's office. Mm -hmm. And she asked me to assist her daughter with completing her research paper. And I did. And she thought it was going to take me a week. And I only did it like in a couple of days. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, you're pretty smart. Are you going to college? And I was like, no, what is college? Mm -hmm. And she sat me down and she explained it to me. And she said, you know what? I think you would do great in college. Mm. She connected me with all the right resources and people. She gave me my first ride to Virginia State University. She connected me with uh, Myrtle Johnson, who actually provided transportation for me to and from Virginia State University. 
And I attended Upward Bound. This program is phenomenal, and I am so glad that it, is, it, it exists today. Mm. If it wasn't for the Upward Bound program, I probably would not have made it out of school. That summer, I had 101 tutoring. The teachers explained to me how to improve my writing. They also taught me how to study for different kinds of tests. Mm -hmm. And they just prepped me. You know, they gave you that 101 attention that you needed to be successful. And I can remember my first, at the end of my first nine weeks, we had to share our grades. And I showed my, my report card at that time to the instructor. And she looked at me and she said, oh, what? <laughs> and being a first, first generation child, I didn't know what the dean's list was. I didn't know any accolades about how success, how you make it actually in college. I was just there. And she said, you made the dean's list. And I said, I made the what? <laughs> she said, the dean's list. And I said, what is that? And she said, oh, my gracious, I'm going to have to put you out of the program. And I remember tears start coming down my eyes. Why are you putting me out of the program? I need your help. <laughs> she said, obviously not. <laughs> So, but it was the guidance that they gave me bef the six weeks before college that mm -hmm. made me successful. Yeah. You didn't know that CT Vivian started Upward Bound? I did not. And if they told me, I, it, didn't, it didn't phase me. But right. now, just, just recognizing this, mm -hmm. it's a piece of information that they should have a plat somewhere at Virginia State University. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, you have CT Vivian to thank for that. Oh. Yes, I am so grateful. Yeah. I'm so grateful. I actually did. Look at me learning about my own mama on this show. Y'all, listen. I think that it's so important. You know, we're get, we're losing icons, but we're also gaining icons, like, as we speak during this time period, right? Like, so many people say that we're in the midst of a new civil rights movement, you know, the movement for black lives. And... I think that one of the things that we should really focus on just to circle back is making sure that we're giving people their roses while they're here. And one of the things that I, makes me just so happy is that both the Honorable John Lewis and Mr. C.T. Vivian received their roses while they were living and you know can they, I share that of course you can share it mom how how did they president. get how did they get their their roses my president oh Barack your president Obama. <laughs> Barack Obama your president awarded them the presidential medal of freedom in 2013 yes so you know the presidential medal of freedom despite who some of the people that uh 45 has awarded he has awarded some people who deserved it some people uh, debatable but it is you know one of the highest civilian awards that a our nation can present to an individual mm -hmm. and the fact that both John Lewis and CT Vivian received that is not only you know they deserved it regardless if if they received it or not but the fact that they got it while they were here to enjoy it it just it just warms my heart yeah Absolutely. It makes me so, so happy. And so one of the things that, you know, as we continue to think about people who we need to honor, um, both of their names need to be high on that list. 
recently, I think today, it came down that in Fairfax, the school that was formerly named after the Confederate General Robert E. Lee, the it's a large high school in Fairfax, Virginia, will now and forever more be referred to as John R. Lewis Yay! High School. All yes, right. I saw that. I got a notification on the way in. So I... I wonder, what are you hoping, just to go back to, you know, your recollection of the, you know, the movement and what you remember even as a small child, what are you hoping that children walk away from this time with? Okay, I want them to take away and learn that the truth about our people, mm. it just didn't start yesterday. They've been going through this for 400 years. Right. Um... Like I told you, I get emotional with it because we were taught so much that was wrong history. Mm -hmm. And during this time of uprising and difficulties in the not even the norm in our world, we're learning so much about black history. Mm -hmm. We're learning so much about what we were taught was not really the true history because I can remember learning about the monuments on on Monument Avenue mm -hmm. and how great they were praised and how we um, took field trips to them. But since this uprising, I have learned so much about my history. And when I call others that's in my age group and we talk about it, it's emotional for us mm -hmm. because we learn history wrong. And right now, what I really want children to walk away with, I want them to walk away with the truth, knowing that it has been a struggle for over 400 years. And though we have improved in some areas, we still have a lot to do. These young people that are in the uprising and protesting, continue to keep the faith, continue to praise God, <laughs> choose right over wrong and uplift one another because if we don't do it who will that was so beautiful <laughs> I I absolutely agree with you um, I think learning the truth and striving for the truth is something that we all need to be doing and so that when we learn the truth we don't keep it a secret because it really shapes the minds of people young and old and shapes our decisions and it really impacts the ways that we lead our lives and so I'm just really glad that I got to share this moment with you mom and talk to you about John Lewis and C.T. Vivian and what they meant then, what they mean now, and what they'll mean for forever. And I just feel really inspired. And hopefully, as, as we have this new movement, more people rise up and take their place, not necessarily a specific person for person. I hope that you know, we, as we're seeing, it continues to be a group effort and we continue to think about what type of ancestors we want to be, what type of elders we want to be when we get to that point um, and support each other in, in that moment. So, And thank you for teaching me about CT Vivian, because now when I walk on the campus of Virginia State University, 
I'll be, I'll think about him mm. and what he did that made it possible for me to attend that university. Right. They both did so much for both of us. So we ask a question on here at the end of our episodes. And so <laughs> I'm going to have to ask you, Ma, do you think we ate today? Definitely. Yeah, I think we ate today, too. We, we, had, a, we had a cute little bonding moment for the people to hear. I love you. I love you more. <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll see you next week. Thank <laughs> you.